You are now tuned in to the Hung Up Podcast, hosted by Eric Cole. You're now rocking with the best. I don't know what you, what you want me to say. <laughs> safe, safe sex, the best sex, if you're going to have it, wear latex. I think it's Lil Wayne, though. What's up, Hung Up family? Thanks for tuning in to another week of the Hung Up Podcast, the dopest Philly-based culture and society podcast from a Black queer perspective. I'm your host, Eric, better known as Tennis Bay. How y'all doing? I hope y'all had a good weekend, but you also got some relaxation, some sleep, Because y'all not sleeping. And also not finding value in sleep. There's a lot of value in sleep. A lot of health values. Look it up. This ain't no, I got this from WebMD shit. (laughs) But I was listening to a podcast not too long ago. And they had a doctor on there. And they were talking about how scientists and doctors, they're linking Alzheimer's to patients who just did not get a lot of sleep so there's definitely some science behind it so get your rest y'all be sure to follow this podcast on all podcasting and social media platforms by searching at hungapod that's h-u-n-g-u-p-p-o-d this week i'm hung up on my homies keith and sterling who stop in and check in with me here on the show These are my closest friends, y'all. And like many of you, this quarantine has put us through it. (laughs) But out of it, we have really grown closer and we've been spending more time together. I talk about Black Boy Joy a lot on this platform. So I want to share some of my Black Boy Joy with you. Sterling and Keith are both really dope Black male educators who are making a huge impact in their respective areas. Be sure to follow them at Sterling G and at Marquise Devine. I'll be sure to drop their info in the episode notes. 
and support and check out everything that they're doing. Also, we get into a little pop culture with thoughts around the canceling of the baby, what that means or what it doesn't mean, and how little Nas X's impact is just what we need right now. Welcome back to the show. Sterling Grimes, educator, entrepreneur, and consultant, and Marquise Richards, podcast host and creative. Welcome back to the Hunger Podcast. What's up? Hello. It's good to have y'all here. Thanks for having us. Mm. <laughs> Put the gang back together. No, the gaggle. Some would say. Okay. We're missing one. Shocker. Surprise. Oh. <laughs> I love that man to the moon and back. We are also not going to pretend like we've not been here before. Sterling has time this evening. I just want the people to know. I, I, I miss you, brother. I love you. You know exactly who you are. And you know my first instinct is be here. So fully, fully ready for you when you are ready for this space. Just say yes. Yes. All you got to do is say yes. We've, okay. we've been over this. We've been over this. Yes. We love you, Floetry. Okay. I was just thinking that. Floetry, just say yes. Marsha Ambrose's birthday is today, actually. Really? It is. Happy well, birthday. we're hung up. Happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday, Marsha. Yes. Yes. Okay, who has for that? Who, who got that? Like, very... We're giving uh, legendary HBO Max applause right now. Naomi for the people. Just a little, you know, <laughs> middle finger and thumb action. Connection. Connection. Touch and agree. You gotta... You Touch gotta and connect. agree. It's good to see y'all. Y'all look good. You know, we try. We be succeeding. I'm gonna be honest. Y'all really I, are. Y'all be succeeding. I be out here feeling the struggle a little bit more. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Feel mm-hmm. we're all succeeding mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and looking so damn fine. Speak it. We are. You know they say iron sharpens iron. I'm and I'm a believer. I felt like I was in a cult for a second. <laughs> Are you a believer? <laughs> Sorry. Was I giving you um remember that movie Nicole Kidman did with um I don't think they're married anymore. They were married, I think, for a while. He was an actor too. Nicole Kidman? Mm-hmm. That she was married to? Yeah. Into some cult shit. Isn't this... she married to a country singer? Well, right. I think they were married. But they're not I want to say Keith anymore. Urban, but that's because that's no, what comes to my head. He's a country singer. <laughs> Honestly, I think besides Darius Rucker, I think that's even more. On the guy's side, and there's more I know, um, but it's more the, than uh, the girls, country girls. Old school, a little Martina McBride, which I know about that. Come on now, I don't. No. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you some. This one's for the girls. I'm gonna give you some jams. Um, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. talk. Now I'm trying to... Um... But yes, going back up the rabbit hole, because we were on Nicole Kidman's <laughs> husband, not Martina McBride. How are we good there? Let's see. Cult. That's yeah, you did that. Sorry. The story of my life, so... Tom Cruise. Get out. They were married? He was in the cult? Well, More importantly, right? Okay. <laughs> I mean, 
if I'm I mean, honest, was... that part is actually easier for me to believe than like Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Bro. I'm like, mm, yes, they were saying? married for eleven years. Where the fuck y'all been? Not watching Oprah. Clearly, they part. they were married for eleven. They you know not married anymore, but they had an eleven year long marriage. And well, see, they have kids, I believe, and they did that movie together. I'm sure where it was like a um, it was very much like it was giving cult shit. Um. Is it Eyes Wide Shut? Yes. That came out in 99. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's the one with they the They were living the sex in New, New York. Yes. Oh, I remember. I remember the scene when they were in whatever that like big building doing like the secret ritual. mansion. Yes, yes, yes. And the people were like dressed mm-hmm. in like, They had like the cloaks on and the mask. And the oh, I just knew I wanted to That see movie that. was creepy and dark. I need to watch that. It wasn't like a horror movie or even suspense. It was just dark. Yeah, it's a little, a little like sexy thriller. I was like, okay, we could do this. Hmm. I remember those. I remember that. Wow, wow, wow. You're bringing that back. That's yeah, wild. they were. I remember them. Um, I believe they were married when they made that movie. Yeah. So shout out to Nicole Kidman. <laughs> like, Tom Cruise is off his shit these days. I think I, we're not hearing great things about him these days. They all white. They all still got money. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm that sorry. Did that come no. That's, no. That's talk your shit. I'm just saying. Exactly like, speaking of facts. All facts. They're all fine by most standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wishing them well, of course. Nothing against them, but they're fine. Facts. So, what's going on with y'all? What's new in your world right now? How are you? What are you hung up on right now? What are you hanging up on right right now? What's going on? Because you guys haven't been on the Hung Up podcast in a little over a year. So check in with the Hung Up family. Let them know what's good. You want it? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, it's, okay. it's, it's Marquis. <laughs> yeah, how y'all doing? You already know what it is. It's for the streets. This yeah, nigga. just like that. Yeah. How you doing? Out there, hung up fam. Let me stop. Oh, <laughs> Not the train. Um, yeah, no, I've actually been good as of recent. I've been enjoying my own self a lot more. Um, giving myself just uh force myself, not force myself, but getting myself into a space to have like guttural laughter again, which has been super nice. It's been a little funky just because it's like um I haven't made content and like going on five months now so i'm just like i'm excited to get back into it and it's not like i'm like forcing myself back into it i'm just genuinely excited again to be making content on my own time but it's also a little bit more evergreen like some of my content was forcing me to have to engage in stuff all the time and if it was it was timely i'm just like ooh, that's great but am i doing anything different from what the rest of the timeline is doing because i know i can just go to seven to eight other black content creators who are talking about a similar thing. It's just whose opinion do I respect the most at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to just be able to have like original ideas and content that is still exciting for me, flexes my brain a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted time to miss content and be able to experience life again. So as things were opening back up, I really was just like, I'm not going to keep indulging in this work all the time um, and decided to start being present with myself. But I didn't learn how to actually rest until like last month. So we out here. Okay. Because I was sitting there. I was like, all right, go on to the next thing, on to the next thing. But 
right now I'm in the like space. Like that constant, just go, go, go. Yeah. What's next? What's next? Because the drum is on autopilot for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to just like slow down, but then also start getting back into like making content, getting on that schedule because I need to invest in myself creatively because if I'm not, I am miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's just been what I've been seeking out again. And then mm-hmm. work. I'm teaching the youngest grade I've ever taught. So that's what had me a little nervous and annoyed. Um, but I'm excited on for the new challenge that this should bring just with like teaching fifth grade. And I'm like very used to high school. So it's going to be a new terrain being a full time classroom teacher, like traditional teacher, not the informal teacher, you know? Well, educator. Because there's a difference between teaching and educating. Love that you knew. Okay. Come on. You already know. You already know. You mentioned that you're like in this slowdown period right now. Are you getting everything out of the slowdown that you need? Yeah, I was actually getting a lot. Um, I was figuring out one to be intimate with myself because I was just like, mm, I'm going to go have sex just because why not? Um, but I realized I said there was one weekend I was by myself and I was like, I am deeply uncomfortable with being by myself much more than normal. Like during mm. the pandemic, like when things were shut, I think I got comfortable with it. But because like experience outside again and just seeing my friends and I gave myself a weekend to just like disconnect, I said, ooh, this was not comfortable for me, but it was hella necessary. Just gained a lot of clarity. Um, but I didn't realize like, even then I was kind of compartmentalizing everything. So like, as I was able to start coming out of that, I figured out exactly what I needed and just was like, what makes me happy myself? Um, but also stop indulging in shit that doesn't actually like bring me any actual energy. Mm. There were times where I did things because it was for the brand or I had to save face or I had to maintain like professional relationships. And I said, um, why am I doing all that now? Did I miss out on some like potential partnerships? Yes. Because I was not responding to emails. I said, I am off the grid. Don't speak to me. (laughs) Um, but it was nice because I started indulging in like trash TV again and like just fun reality TV and reading fiction again and all of that stuff. So it's been nice to just do the things that were no, no longer like expected of me, but I'm just like focused on like, what does Marquise need? Marquise Richards, not Marquise. Mm-hmm. Devon. That's the brand. But like, yeah. Just me. But it gave me my renewed creative spirit that I was needing. Yeah. I was about to say like, you got to take care of the me. So that way you can pour into the brand. Absolutely, yeah. These things are synonymous now. Like mm-hmm. Marquise Richards, Marquise Davon, they get certain things with Marquise Davon, but for all intents and purposes, like I don't have a different name to my brand. My brand is me. So, yeah. yeah. What about music? What are you feeling right now? What are you listening to? Uh, right now, heavy has been the R and B and hip hop. Um, Leon Bridges just released his new project. It's called A Gold Digger Story. And once again, he delivered. Once again. It's amazing. Um, but then also the storytellers of rap have been really, like, putting it down. Tyler, the Creator's album has been on repeat. Um, Nas just released King's Disease Part 2 and the ways in which it has so much replay value. Nas is really one of my favorite rappers. Um, yeah, he's in top two. And so for me, I've just been like, so 
the the inner Nas nerd in me is like so excited. Um, and then other the other two have been Vince Staples. His project has just been wow, amazing. And then IDK put out a project. So like men in rap, specifically like the lyricists in rap, have really just been out and about for me. But from an R and B standpoint, I've just been listening to um, Leon Bridges and Sir even though he didn't put nothing new out, but that's still my guy. Um, so those two have definitely, definitely been on repeat from R&B too. Okay. You dropped a few names in there that I wasn't familiar with, so I'm going to check that out. I always enjoy exploring new music, good music. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be the music Especially that makes rap. you like, I... sit with yourself. Okay. Yeah, so like I only listen to it in pockets because if I want to be in that space and that headspace You need to, to really... focus and really yeah. like absorb yeah. it. yeah yeah so yeah it's it's good it's so good okay yeah very cool oh keys next up it's like no <laughs> sterling what's up boy what's going on you? oh you know you know i'm making it um <laughs> he's doing more than we're, making it we're right, out here trying to trying to keep it all together um Hanging up on this apartment. Uh, <laughs> oh, the one you're living in. I'm yes, like, wait, yes, yes. no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are hanging up on this mountain. I thought right here. it's like the, not the new space. No, like... because I'm getting a new space. You might have just Got heard. You. Um, Got you. So all things going well, I'll be signing on my first home at the end of this month. So, oh, that's so cool. looking forward to that and figuring out how to buy a washer and dryer because that has to happen <laughs> and feels right. really, really big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but excited about a, a next step for me and some some stability in some of the like foundational adult ways that makes me feel a little bit more at peace about getting older and thinking about long term things of like yeah if something happens I have a house I can sell and and like I now have some mobility so um, just thinking about legacy and and what we want yeah for ourselves and for our families and community for me it's like yeah let's let's set down some things that like will have some value even if i'm not necessarily doing yeah. anything with it you know that's a really interesting point because it even makes me think of the fact that and i hadn't thought about this is like even you as a black queer man <laughs> you're so silly yo you y'all don't see this nigga um, <laughs> you as a black queer man like buying this house in this neighborhood like even that is major that you are establishing ground like you are placing yourself in this community purchasing property investing in this community investing in everyone else around you too because what's going on in your community now is your business Mm-hmm. You're no longer a renter, so lock captain on deck. What's up? We, <laughs> I want us to have recycling bins out front. I want the neighborhood Everybody. on lock. If we having a party, let us know. Keep the group yeah. chat going. Like, I'm excited. Law and order. Bump bump. I'm kidding. No, no, no law and order. Bump bump. It's like no. We no. have a good time because I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna have a housewarming one of these days. Oh my god and. Well, there's going to be two. There's going to be because, like, we're going to party the night of, <laughs> the evening of. Now, for the other niggas, for when you want to throw the really big one and invite everybody and all that other stuff, I, I understand that you want to do that later. I just want to establish the fact that we are going to celebrate you and your space this is ASAP. A excuses. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. At Raymond, all you gotta do is say yes. Raymond. You're missed, man. I really thought she was gonna be here. I had a fold out chair and everything waiting for you. Okay. He'll come soon. Once it, it's once it's time. We're getting there. I can feel it. I don't think Raymond has actually been here. He's not. He will though. And look at us actually calling him Raymond. Okay. Ray. Government yeah. name. You get that's how you know so we're serious. This is like this is okay. Raymond. <laughs> nah, we we have good times with Ray. Like we 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 were all just together not too long ago. Yeah. We just, we just want more of Ray. Pretty that's much. <laughs> just all. greedy. Just greedy. I just I want. I you know how I feel about this. Like I I finally feel like I have found like a space I belong in and. Because we are creating something special. Yeah. Like, this this shit is not normal, at least not for me. Like, I'm I'm just recently coming into a space that feels like I can navigate both the, like, very straight heteronormative world that I kind of just operate in career-wise, which is most of my life because I'm a workaholic, and having, like, a social space that affirms me personally that feels more like me. Like, I have a queer network, and I'm trying to expand it. My God, I still feel like I don't know anybody. But I'm I'm giving myself the space to do that, and part of that for me feels like I got my set, like my my little squad, my village. Yeah. Like, oh, we we finna go hit the Sex in the City, like let's go, like bam, like we out here, get yeah. your heels and run, like yeah, yep. So, anytime we can do that for me is literally just like cloud fucking ninety nine, you know. I love y'all niggas. But I'm just, I'm also just like grateful for the bond that we have and the bond that we're continuing to create and we're doing more shit together. We went skating the other night. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that night happened, Loki. (laughs) You got to erase the trauma. (laughs) (laughs) We have got three times this week. We we really have been together all week. Yeah, wow. It's been a good time. All these shenanigans, (laughs) a little skating. I'm cracking up. And whatnot. You know. And whatnot. A little West Philly drama taking a how, New how? Jersey and then back. <laughs> but it's all good. We live to see we live to see another day. Mind you, only one of us lives in West Philly. Just wanted to put that out there. Okay. <laughs> oh, very North shit. Philly on this side of the microphone. <laughs> Someone's selling on the Did you really put me out there? <laughs> wow. Oops, Susie. Probably got our pictures on the wall at this point. Okay. Well, we're going to find like out these. because the plan is to go back. Okay. I was like, uh, so adult skate night is because <laughs> trying to do we trying to do some more shit because that, listen, that was so much fun. Keys, after a good, I would say 10 minutes. Found you know, your rhythm. That, that muscle memory kicked in. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I was a kid again uh, or teenager because, you know, I did all that shit throughout high school. Did y'all ever have rollerblades? Yeah. Did you get the rollerblades? I had the roller skates. Let's be very clear. No rollerblades. No rollerblades for me. No, 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 no. I definitely bust my ass much, many more times on in rollerblades than I did skates. Oh, yeah. I used to slide down like hills and just burn up all the side of my leg. Asphalt, just, just boom, gone. Just... Leave that skin right on that ground. You don't need that. That's not coming home with you. Yo, those rollerblades were treacherous, and they really sold it to kids and families, and we bought them. And I had a blast. Yeah. Now, you talk about ankle support, though. That was kind of like like a combat boot 
Like mm-hmm. you could really. You said. Yeah, you had to ratchet them things in. Yeah. <laughs> Come Yo. on from ratchet. Okay. Man. Oh, I did have. You low key felt like an astronaut or something, or like you. Were it was very. It was giving space boots. It was. Yeah. It was. They it was, always had the funky colors with it and everything. Yes. Yeah. Like you I think get my jobs were like blue and green, and it was like a ugly lime green, with like a navy blue. <laughs> Come on, galactic. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So besides home, anything else you want to share about where you are right now? Um, yeah, I'm feeling that rest move. I I need to. I blew past burnout and exhaustion weeks ago, and I'm just <laughs> feel like I'm zombieing my way through. And actually, um, because we would have talked about it anyway, I had this whole like breakdown last Wednesday, like sitting on the couch. I got my blood in my hand and I'm just like shaking and I'm like losing it. And like from that, I literally said out loud, and I've never done this, which is why I, I think it's really concerning and important that I perhaps listen to it. I literally just said like, I got to slow down. Like I, I know I'm doing too much. I just put down one contract and I'm already thinking about the next one that I'm going to pick up. I've got two reports outstanding. I'm switching jobs in two weeks when I come off of this mini vacation for the one that like pays my benefits. <laughs> And I'm just like dizzy, still trying to figure out when I'm going to get time to do the things I said I wanted to do for myself back in like June. Yeah. Like I can't keep kicking myself down the road. Like how how you going to make yourself the can you keep kicking? Like, right. nah, Every, everybody else is doing them. This The whole pandemic, everybody, everybody's going to take the trip they didn't take before, build the LLC they didn't build, invest in that house or they, everybody's doing the things. So I need yeah. to do that for me too. You know, <clears throat> like sitting here... <laughs> very squarely by myself at this point. Y'all know what that means. Like, cool, do you, man. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. And I'm actually super terrified, but I'm having the conversation that says, what would it look like to not take on anything else for the fall? Do your job because you got a mortgage to pay, God willing. Yeah, But like, no new contracts. I'm not taking on extra stuff with the fraternity. I'm not leaning in to become super saiyan on the boards that I sit on and, oh, I could work on this and I could take on that conference that someone needs to take on and make really, really good for next year for men of color and education. And I'd be phenomenal at it because I've been phenomenal at it for years. But what if I didn't? What if I literally just sat and took the time to plan and figure out what I needed to do? And I think that's where a lot of the pressure comes from is because, especially as black queer men, we're phenomenal at, like, everything. (laughs) It's the only way to be successful out here. But, right, and some of that is rooted in, like, some toxic, like, right, because there there is this pressure to be good and to to do great. But I think some of that comes from, because we've always been told this thing growing up was... You got to work harder. You got to be smarter. You got to be faster, blah, 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 blah. Gen Z and millennials are breaking that down (laughs) because that is not a positive affirmation (laughs) that you should be sharing with your kids. Um, And that is not the world that we want to continue to operate in in, 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 and grow in. So I applaud you for looking where you can kind of trim things in order to put your mental health first. I'm because I'm you, trying. <laughs> like if we crazy and sick and are we can't be present 
for really anything. Right. Let alone ourselves or the people that care about us, the people that we care about, the people that depend on us. Hello? Like, and and that's really it. I was I was thinking a lot about like, yo, you're making a ton of moves right now. And and I am. And when the receipts get checked at the end, I'm gonna be really proud of what I was able to do between last year sitting on my ass with nothing, literally making whatever moves I could to pay the rent to this year where I'm like, oh yeah, I could stop working right now and be fine for the rest of the calendar year. Fact. But recognizing that like what that's built on is, is my, my desire to make sure that the people I'm supporting are okay, regardless. Yeah. Like my younger siblings are on my cell phone bill. I need to make sure that that is always ready to go. I got people who could use an extra couple hundred dollars. So let me make sure that I got it so that if they come by or when I know they will come by, I'm ready for them. Yeah. The same way that I was taught, the same way that my dad has always been there for everybody. I'm becoming my father's son in so many new ways. Like, and I want to make sure I'm, I'm prepared for that because mm-hmm. that's important to me and not in some like, I must shoulder this responsibility. It must always be me. But like, I am blessed with talent and time and capacity and resources. Why shouldn't I be able to be somebody that people can depend on? Like, that's what fe- being a man, quote unquote, feels like to me mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there i have a solid enough foundation i have what it takes to be able to support when you need and i get the things that i need from you in return in the way that all of our relationships should be reciprocal in that way yeah. you know across all the you exactly. know boundaries that work for us and I, I need to be prepared for that though which means i got to take care of me i am terrified of the i am i I let a whole funding opportunity go last week. I was supposed to put in an application, a grant for some funding for the venture that I've been trying to build for years now. I stuffed it. I was like, nope, nope. Because if you do it now, you will never get out of this rut. You will never not let yourself let up off this gas for half a second. And I am so scared of missing something in these next couple of months. I am terrified. But I also know that if I don't do this, I'm going to hit that same wall that I hit when I tried to get up a couple weeks ago and literally could not get out of bed until four in the afternoon. Like my body's going to shut me down and I'm going to really be out of sorts when somebody really needs me. And that's going to break me oh, yeah. like that. The body has that, a way of like shutting down. Like, Oh, you won't sit down. Oh, we're going to, we're going to shut it down. The body will just. <laughs> so I'm trying to get myself together and I'm telling myself it'll, it'll yeah. all be okay. That's, that's, that's what this season I've been telling myself. It's all going to be okay. This career stuff, it's all going to be okay. This love stuff, it's all going to be okay. This house, it's all going to be okay. So I'm like, cool, let's, let's, let's trust some things. Let's try to take care of me. Oh, good. Figure I'm, out what that I'm, looks cool. like. I'm glad you said it because that's what I was going to say. I said, put yourself, like, do what you need to do with Sterling in mind first. Mm-hmm. Like, as you said, a lot of these things, what I heard was like, Everybody else, right. but I did not hear you. <laughs> you. You should be the first, and that's that's it. I just be thinking about that sometimes. Just like it's cool that like when you get to that point, right? You get to, hey, yo, you need this. I got you. Cool. But as of right now, you need to have yourself outside of like and decisions that you make that don't involve like how does this impact everybody else right. all the time. And I know that John's easier said than done. However. I do think that once you're able to show up for yourself, give yourself proper vacations and not put uh, everybody mm-hmm. else's burdens onto your shoulders, right. you are going to move at 
so much lighter way. And then we're going to be some bad bitches on the yacht. I can't. Oh, my God. You know, all I want is just to be bad bitches on a yacht. That's okay. all I want. I just, well, you I got just the, want an actual vacation. The playlist my is God. growing. You are curating your playlist. <laughs> the playlist is... With, of course, I know the words. I, I wrote, it. wrote it. I'm ready. I'm You're so ready. Re- God, ready. I cannot wait for this time to just not... Speaking Ugh. of music and playlists, how has music been helping you get through all of this, these past few months that you've been going mm. So... I mean, y'all know if I if I really tap into the like unicorn rainbow of my life, I'm Ariana Grande. Like you know, I am. So <laughs> I love that girl. She, I, I, that little girl just I love does that it for woman. me. I don't understand. Why she's a woman. She does it for me. She's a full woman. I mean, I literally mean little girl. Like she's so little, but she's like, so right. She's just like, <laughs> but like full woman, and God is a woman. Love it. Yeah. Um, she does it for me. So like, she has been a really big part of just like the background and thinking about some of her old stuff to coming back, like Be All Right, which has like just this great kind of like fun house folk vibe. and Right. Like the mantra, all of that's been helpful. I had to dip in, you know, with, with recent events into my Chrisette Michelle bag and, and kind of go back. You know, I mean, Epiphany will always be my You got your Basquiat skirt. Okay, we're ready. We're ready. Um, look. Okay. I'm okay. okay. Get through the night. Like it's it's a lot of pieces that have helped me. Oh yeah, um, Chrisette. She she has some bobs. And I'm going to see her in September when she comes to Philly. I finally have the time and the money. I bought the meet and greet tickets. I'm finally going to meet my girl. I'm so That's excited. That was my good. birthday gift to myself. I'm going to go see my favorite artist. Well, so. haven't y'all been talking to each other on social media off and on? So you can I mean, finally meet okay, her let's in person. This in. She said hi to me right. a bunch of times already. Yeah, but, you know. And I have a feeling she's going to, like, know you when she sees you. Like, she'll probably recognize you. I hope. I'm, I should start tweeting her now, like, hey, girl, I'm coming to see you. So, Chrisette, if you're out there listening to exactly. Hung Out Pod, I'm going to see you in September. So, let's take some cute Let pictures know. and, yes. you know, just get a good life hug in because we've both been through some things. But we're growing. I'm excited <laughs> for what you're doing. I'm excited for what I'm doing. Yeah. And I just feel like we deserve to celebrate each other in that. So, I'm going to see you in September, girl. Okay. Life has thrown us. You better relate. <laughs> That is so funny and just so, ah, oh, I love that. And then Doge, of course. I've been having a good time with Miss Cat. Um, yeah. That's been a fun little a little piece in the background as well. I, to the, I mean, we, we joke about it all the time, but this whole, like, bad bitches on a yacht thing, like, that is my highest form of, like, enjoyment right now. Like, to be able to just be on the water, carefree, there's a breeze, there's music, I've got the people I love, and I don't have to do anything but just, like, be in that space and in that moment. You know, everybody's being in the moment, be present. I've always felt like that was something I couldn't do. I don't understand what that means. Everybody's like, just stop thinking about it. And I'm like, it's how like, do you stop thinking? stop playing the damn game, <laughs> Sterling. You- Put the phone down. Listen, y'all, Sterling has this game. He's obsessed <laughs> he really hates with this game, <laughs> on his phone. Like <laughs> it's my little world where I can and I can maintain some control. I get it. I, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> They're probably like, "What is happening in this group right now?" <laughs> Funny. <laughs> love you. I love you. I put. I'm no game. No game. I'm here. We're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Sterling. And this is Keith. And, and you, you are, are now tuned in to the Hung Up Podcast. Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe at Hung Up Pod. And if you're an Apple subscriber, be sure to drop a review in the Apple Podcast app. It helps the show grow and get to people that have never heard the show or listened to it before. I appreciate all the love and support. Now, let's get back to the conversation. What's up, y'all? We are back. And I'm curious to hear how you guys feel about everything that's been happening around Jonathan, a.k.a. the baby. So many of you already know that back on July 26, Jonathan took to the stage at the Rolling Loud. My bad. On July 25th. My bad. (laughs) On July 25th, I'm down in Miami, Rolling Loud. Jonathan gets on stage. This is um, where... Is Rolling Loud an annual event that mm-hmm. they do down there? They travel with it. Right now, it's an annual Oh, okay. Okay. Got you. It's one of those parties. One of those circuit traveling yeah, parties. Never. Go- that's not a circuit party. Jinkies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one I'm never going to. Why you say that? Because that festival is cursed, for one. But really? two, like, Why? that's where the cops be picking all the niggas up at. I don't like it. It's a little weird. Um, oh. But yeah, no, that's just the festival where I'm also just like, that's not my particular kind of festival that I would want to go to. Plus, it's Florida. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, to me, it's not like a... Like, it's a exciting festival for a lot of people. Just for me, I prefer like a Broccoli City or a Roots Picnic. Got you. Yeah. Got you. you. You're looking for a different type of vibe. Yeah, they're very much so Different type pitting. of energy. I am not mosh pitting. Yeah. So July 25th, the baby is at Rolling Loud down in Miami. He gets on the stage and he proceeds to go on a homophobic rant. You didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, any of them pill, essential transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two, three weeks, put a cell phone like that up. Lady, if your pussy smell like water, put a cell phone like that up. Fellas, lights up. Fellas, if you ain't sucking nigga dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone lights up. Let's be real about this shit. Yeah, keep it fucking real. Some of y'all niggas suspect as a motherfucker. Let's be real. So the following day, he gets on Instagram and he starts talking about his fans don't contract HIV and AIDS because they're not nasty gay niggas or junkies. Because even my gay fans don't got fucking AIDS, stupid ass niggas. They don't got AIDS. My gay fans, they take care of themselves. They ain't going for that. They ain't, they ain't no nasty gay niggas. You know what I'm saying? They ain't no junkies. You know what I'm saying? On the street. Yeah, you talking about, nigga. Then I said, if you ain't suck dick in the rolling loud parking lot, put your cell phone light up. You know what my gay fans did? Put that motherfucking light up, nigga. Because my gay fans, they ain't got niggas. They ain't going for that. They got class, nigga. They ain't sucking no dick in no parking lot, nigga. You got to get a room, nigga. A good one. Five-star hotel for them. Or oh, goddamn. Yeah, you got to wait till they go to the crib, nigga. They ain't just going to be out here just doing no anything. Yeah, if they a fan of me, they got them. They on some big dog shit. We ain't just going for nothing. You know? Even my gay fans got standards. Y'all nigga tripping. And then he comes the following day on the 27th, and he does this apology that he has since taken down. The question that I have for you all is, can Jonathan recover? You have folks like Miley Cyrus and National HIV and AIDS organizations that have reached out to him to, quote unquote, give him this teachable moment. A lot of us don't give a damn. A lot of us could care less about 
giving him a teachable moment. So I feel like there's a lot of harm that he won't be able to undo. But I also feel that he can make different decisions moving forward. Even though he's going through this period of being canceled, he's not really being canceled. Because the people that are going to support the baby are going to continue to support the baby, buy his music, go to his concerts. I feel like there's a lot of people pissed off at him right now and holding him accountable for the the comments that he made. And I feel like rightfully so, because those comments were violent. They were harmful. But I just feel like nothing's going to really come out of it. Now, well, what I will say is that he has lost about $15 million from festivals sponsorships, corporate gigs that he's had. He's lost a lot of money. A lot of people are pretty much saying, like, we don't want nothing to do with you. I think some of that is because, not because of the comments that he made, but because being associated with the baby at this point would make them lose money. So it's still about the money to me. You know what I mean? So, like, all these all these places coming out talking about, oh, we're we're not going, we're not going to, we're canceling the baby. He's not going to, well, it's it's about perception um and his shit is just all fucked up right now so a lot of people are wanting to pull away from him but can he recover like is this really the end for the baby or do you see him at some point potentially making a comeback so a couple of things i don't think his apology is ever going to be genuine because at the end of the day the apology that his PR team or whoever wrote um, it was inauthentic because it only came after you lose money but I feel like the niggas he surrounds himself with were also losing money so they told him to shut the fuck up if you want to keep it a bean so it was affecting their pockets they only cared because it was affecting their mm-hmm. pockets um, so at the end of the day he had something to lose because and the people around him had something to lose which is why I think his story switched up because now this means 15 million dollars you don't get your creative director doesn't get nothing. Your assistant doesn't get anything. Your marketing team doesn't get anything. Distribution doesn't get anything. All of these people doesn't get anything, right? And so for me, I think it's very disingenuous. Um, will he recover? Yes, because there's a lot of homophobia and it just exists. So that's power and how that plays. Um, will he be fine? Yeah. Um, is he actually going to be canceled? No. I think we're watching him damage the hell out of his career and future opportunities to move up in some spaces. Um, He'll just exist as an artist in a lot of this just regular public imagination. Um, Because if you go in history, you look at the Chris Browns, you look at the Tory Lanez, they still are able to exist in this space. And be Um, successful. Yeah. But people give them grace once again, because they're black men, but well, they're men. I mean, I mean, well, black men too, but (laughs) um, I do think that for him, even thinking about it like as a potential teachable moment and stuff, I'm just like, no, he's not going to care. It's cute to say on social media, um, but we're in the era of virtue signaling, not genuine. Like, let me actually work through this and actually see what I did and how can I actually help. I think even the people that reached out, Miley Cyrus had no business. Girl, mind your business, for one. But she's already messed up enough with the black community, so I feel like she's just trying to get that one foot in, one foot out situation. Um, and then even just for like the national HIV and AIDS, um, hotline, I get it, but I think I'm also just over the spectacle of conversation or the spectacle of let's have a dialogue, let's have a talk. Um, because that's where you're essentially at once again, it's just another conversation. Sorry, 
I don't think apologies, I'll speak from my apology language, change your behavior. I don't care to hear, I'm gonna, I'm sorry at all. Repent, do what you need to do. But the restorative justice person to me is also just like, we need to give people grace because he's just like a nigga we see on the street, except he's just a nigga with a platform. And we ignore those people all the time who say very Right, because he's comments. a very familiar, like you said, he's a familiar nigga. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. I said it. he's going to be ignorant. He's a moron. I I don't care for him that much. I don't think he's necessarily that talented either. I'm just like, hey, you were just fun and you were refreshing as a rapper. But to think that you're talented enough to be fucking up, I don't think so. Um, If we yeah. just keep it a beam. So, yeah, I was never a big fan of Baby. But I feel like he's he's like so many rappers that came before him and, and also like so many rappers that exist even now today. How do men in his situation, be it they had that type of platform or not, is it possible to recover? Is it because of you you mentioned this your the restorative justice part of you? Mm-hmm. I think about the fact that I feel as a community, as a as a black community, we're still very much (laughs) in an infant stage of development because we it was so much time that we didn't have to self-actualize to build communities to build wealth to build families because we were enslaved most of the time that we spent here in the united states Mm -hmm. and then even outside of slavery we dealt with jim crow and so many other things and even now today we're we're fighting um for equal voting rights right i mean just something i'm trying to think of something as as recent I think that we still have not had a lot of space and time as a community to really work through a lot of the issues that exist, like homophobia, like transphobia, like the secrecy that goes on in families, especially when it comes to um, pedophilia and and, and rape in our families. A lot of these things tend to be secrets and taboo, and everybody want to pray through everything. You know what I mean? It's like, but this stuff has been tearing our families apart for generations. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you know, we see people like the baby. We know people like the baby, whether we passing them on the street or we, the they're a family is, member. Yeah, the they're an uncle. <laughs> they're a dad. Yeah. The only, right. The only difference is that he's exactly. Yeah. So when, when I see this conversation going on around him about, you know, canceling him and that he's trash and he's this and he's that, I'm just like, well, like, this is a familiar nigga. I'm not saying that what he's doing is right. I completely disagree and it's disgusting. But to just throw people away when they make a mistake or when they say something like terrible, like I, I'll never probably listen to his music. I, I don't really care. I don't care about the baby in that way. Well, a lot. And I think that's the part that like people need to realize. I think one, when we talk about community, and we talk about the black community, there's a certain level where that's great, but the community looks different to everybody, suburban versus urban. Mm. Okay. Two different worlds. But then also like, I'm not accountable to anybody I'm not in community with for real, for real. Like, yeah, I don't feel bad if like, if I was the baby, I don't feel bad if Joe Schmo says something. Cause I don't feel shamed. I don't feel guilty for doing what I did. Right. Cause all the people who are around him in his community are, 
reinforcing these. Yes, yeah. unless there's somebody in his ear who is just like, hey, like just on a humane level, That's true. Yeah. this was trash. But when we look at this overall, one, cancel culture doesn't exist, for one. Um, but two, when we do talk about the complexes of humanity and everybody being flawed and everybody assuming that everybody has to be at the right space at the right time and arrived on everybody is about abolition or everybody is about like using this language. I would say like, I'm in a privileged space to be able to like deconstruct my feelings and be able to do that. Like there was a time point in time where I wasn't able to do that because I was living day to day. So I'm not going to get the right language. I'll be a decent human being, which he is not, but (laughs) for the most part, like I think about people who get into fame accidentally we see them for their talent. We don't see them for the trash things that they be saying. Because we keep it a bean. Even if you look at Shakari, sis, wild and homophobic. She just made comments about Lil Nas X. But we're all supporting her at the same time, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's those kind of, like, things that exist. Is like, what do you have the tolerance for and capacity to deal with in terms of being ready to have that conversation? And then, like how many people you can't just throw somebody away like at the end of the day like i think about prison and they just throw people that's away. what we right that's, that's not what growth actually you fuck is. up and it's just like oh you're done yeah well but the thing is i don't care if you are disparaging somebody else's humanity that's the part where i don't give a fuck about there's a human thing where oh i'm sorry sterling i punched you in your leg i don't know why i did that but i know there's space for me to actually apologize but if you are legitimately taking like making it more harmful for somebody else I don't give a shit. I'm going to be honest. Like, hey, you said what you said, but you're also going to, like, make it dangerous for people like me. You're going to make it dangerous for people like Lil Nas X. You're going to make it dangerous for a lot of these people because now you can justify what you're saying. And because a lot of these niggas see themselves in you, they are also feeling this visceral reaction. Yeah, they're going to go back to their communities and be violent. And then be angry because they felt as if now I really can't say anything about the queer community. And that's what niggas are saying. Well, the queer people get their rights before black people do. Bitch, you know there are black and queer people. Like, make that make sense. But that's a lot of people's argument. But I but I was like, the baby's problem is that he did it. He wasn't talking about black women because they defaulted. If he's talking about black women and his things, America don't respect black women. America doesn't care about black people unless they're here for spectacle or entertainment. But when you talk about the queer community, that's just not black. Now you affecting the white people and white gays in the music industry. That's yeah. a team you don't want to fuck with. Yeah, Elton John got up on the interwebs and has Madonna something to say. got on the interwebs. The other part of it was this: he just came out talking about sucking dick in the parking lot. Jonathan, what are you talking about? What just happened backstage? What what just happened? Because it it sounded so personal. Because he came out, he had too, way too many specifics. And so it's just like, that was giving me, you taking your personal trauma out on, because it seemed like whatever happened, it probably just happened. <laughs> Maybe at the parking lot at Rolling Loud, he saw some shit. Because he was down there in Miami. <laughs> but for you to come out and just start talking about sucking dick in the parking lot, it's just it's just weird to me how quote-unquote straight men just be having dick on their mind randomly like that when nobody even asked you about it. And like I said, the other part of that was like 
even though his comments were directed toward queer black and brown folks who who he said weren't his fans some fucking ignorant Mm -hmm. that comment impacted so many people different people all over the place and i think that's also too part of the reason why he got such a big backlash yeah oh it was it was dumb shit on his part again like like i said those who were in charge the white gays um but then also just in terms of People wanting to, it's sexy to be an ally, quote unquote, now. Um, and it's a PR move at best. So at this point, he's going to lose them sponsors. Everybody else is going to follow suit. He's going to lose a lot of money and he's going to struggle. And then I'll give it six months and he'll throw out, he'll release another song and call it a day. And people will be like, wow. So it's neither here nor there. I think his personal feelings need to just stay personal to him <laughs> um and then also just don't try to cause a division either like to me he also delved into trying to separate out those who um, were positive versus those who weren't and that's like a very disgusting thing to do because at the end of the day there's hella straight people who also contracted it through needles through a lot of different things yeah right birth okay like, so yeah at the end of the day it was just an ignorant nigga with a platform making some ignorant ass comments who's not that talented and he's a moron neanderthal some would say so that's where that's at with that you mentioned little nas x a little while ago how important do you guys feel what little nas x is doing to kind of counteract some of this negative behavior that we're seeing from folks like jonathan and clifford aka ti i have no rant about these conversations i'm i'm tired of these conversations we keep having the same conversation here's another straight man because this is a straight problem that's my bottom line this is a straight problem and so i have no interest in it but here's another straight man who does something that is blithely just problematic on all levels like you you are not acknowledging people's humanity. You are not recognizing an experience and an identity outside of your own. And you are using those things and weaponizing them for seemingly some kind of like joke or or ability to like make yourself sound better in some way. Like, oh, not my fans. My fans don't do that because my fans aren't these dirty folks with HIV and AIDS. Or whatever the situation is. Because we can have this conversation now. We can have this conversation 10 years ago. And the fact that we've been listening to Chris Brown, Chris Brown ever since. Like, at the end of the day, for me, this is just another situation of like, yep, you, your manness, your straightness, they will protect you. They will continue to move you forward in some way. You're going to take a hit. Yeah, everybody's got to take a hit in the public sphere. So say your thing, post your apology, quiet down for a while, fade out, and then bubble back up when it's time to like really make some moves. And if you do it the right way, we'll just kind of like let this be a, a funny joke in the Twitter sphere for the rest of your life. Cool. If we're going to see any kind of real change, then we know what's going to have to happen. And it's what you already listed. The people that die hard support him, because I couldn't name you a baby song at this point. It just isn't in my radar, quite honestly. No, no shade. It just isn't. Those folks are going to have to be the ones that are going to say, no, we're actually holding you and ourselves accountable. We're going to figure out what it means to think about experiences outside of our own, acknowledge and affirm identities beyond our own, and experiences that are not this nasty, disgusting taboo that everybody painted it to be from the 80s on like we we are so far beyond that conversation like that's a choice you got to make though to be to be aware of that and to to live in that and quite honestly that is a that's a straight choice that's a straight problem it's a straight dialogue it's a straight everything so 
because this didn't matter when it was it it wasn't about like let's be clear this wasn't about black gays like that wasn't what this was it didn't get big because of black gays it got big because this issue was bigger than us and and quite honestly like you also said white folks were a part of that group that got tagged and and now we have an issue and because we've also added on a black man in the mix it just gets easier to weaponize it on both sides so it's just a big old mess it's a lot of chaos and it's a lot of straight chaos and quite honestly i'm just not interested in i got enough mess of my own gay self to deal with so this conversation like so many others isn't going to move anywhere until that that set of people who continue to operate that way and are like low-key like yeah the baby was saying exactly what we've all been thinking ti etc cetera, etc cetera. until they figure out a move like nothing none of this is going to be anything it's going to be the same performative conversation that we keep having about everybody everywhere mm-hmm. so i'm just like why let's let's, I, let's not i do think it's easier for the public to vilify him because he's a black man you know I do. I, I don't agree with his actions or his statements at all, at all. But I, I also hold the other truth at the same time is that he's a black man and he's a rapper. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's catching it on both ends, which <laughs> is like, damn, bro. You, but that's America's also, most wanted. Right OK, there, yeah. Like, you were you were never going to get it all. But also, like, if you're going to call yourself a mogul, an icon, you want to be up there. That means you got to read the room. You got to know some of these pieces. There are some things you can't just, regardless of how you feel about it, like that's your personal journey. Please work on that. But if you want to just play it from a capitalism and like run in the game standpoint, there's some shit you just can't do. So like that was just poor work on your part. If you wanted to try to be the biggest and baddest and hold your antiquated opinions at the same time, like <laughs> don't get caught and you got caught. So now go fix your mess. Straight people will go handle it or not. And we can do what we've done with the rest of them and just quietly move on because there'll be another festival and another rapper. There's already little baby. So you still get some kind of baby. Everybody will move on. Like I, <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't see this sticking. So I'm kind of like, mm, why are we wasting time obsessing about it again? I will say, you know, baby had fans in the, in the queer community. And I think it is interesting that, as queer and gay folks, we we come to this crossroad often with artists, with movie actors, with um, models. All all kind. It, it happens where we we have a love, we have an affinity for someone, we celebrate them. You brought up Shikari, you celebrate folks, and then you you find out about some homophobic shit that they either said in the past or they said some shit recently, and you're just kind of like, damn, I was just loving it. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's fucked up, really, yeah. honestly and truly, to kind of, to always have this duality of emotion where you can love someone and support someone and want to, and want to see it for them, but then feel like you have to like, literally like not, you have to cancel that person, especially like when everybody else is. Um, Quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, you right, because right, everybody's gonna have that. That's that's really the conversation. How much bullshit are you gonna tolerate within someone to continue supporting them, and to what degree? It's just, just so like listening to Nas's album. <laughs> he did Kali so dirty. Okay, we all and I sat there. All and your said, favorites are problematic. All of us. Yeah, it's so it's so line. saturated, it's especially in hip hop. You know, yeah, it, it, especially and it just sucks when that's like one of your favorite genres of music, or that's you know the genre that you indulge in the most. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, 
and I'm not really speaking for myself. I'm just speaking for other folks out there that I. That's a fact. I tell you, you all know. the time. I grew up on Fifty Cent and DMX. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Your problematic phase. Yeah, I, it's a sad truth. Um, but it's shit like that where I'm just like I also can recognize like there's a very particular relationship I had with these men as I was growing up, but I could also always recognize like ah y'all say kind of some trash things. But the music slaps. And so it's just like, there's how something much to be said to? about I that relationship. Like, what, like that, I, that's what that is, low key. There's, and I don't. Like, call you out. Like, that's not what that is. But it's like, we all operate on that level yeah. to some degree. Like, like, there's something to be said about that relationship between like black men, gay, queer black men, and straight black men who may not necessarily have the best attitudes or understand the community. But these relationships exist. Because <laughs> this is who we're in community this with. This is who we're in community yeah. with. So it's just like, when everybody's talking about canceling everybody, I'm like, who are we canceling? Like, No, and there are things. Don't, don't get it <laughs> twisted. Like, I absolutely still, like, R. Kelly got to go. Bye. Throw him out. Right? Yeah. Don't care. Uh, but I do think. And like, the sad thing with that, I feel like if he wasn't locked up, people would still be supporting him going to his concerts. Like, they, they, they were excited when he got released from prison. Let's be very clear. Y'all weird. Um, Check his streaming numbers. The boy is still making it. Like, okay. Y'all and weird. It, it's, again, that's a straight problem. That's a straight problem. The, the straight, heteronormative, straight performing, straight adjacent, that community has to make a decision about one of their own. Because, like, we. We can we can put all of the extra pieces on the layers of our identities that that make this an issue for everybody who isn't on the sort of like narrow strip of of, of norm. Right. Quote unquote. No, I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, like they're the ones is, who need to be having dead. this conversation. Absolutely. Always, that our proximity to that will always absolutely. be what we have to navigate. Yeah. They will have to be the ones I think that are going to take the the major steps in that conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's so true. Yeah, but it's difficult when. Niggas don't have the language to know how to properly navigate in the tool set. I've been thinking about right. this, John, more often. Like, because I was in my Jimmy Baldwin bag, and there's just like this idea like, in order to get liberation and live in a free world and just world, we have to operate with our oppressors. We have to operate with white people in order to reach a certain level of liberation, what that looks like, because they still have access to these powers. And so. There's part of it of like, ooh, you got to empathize and be in community with them because we've always had been. But then also at the same token is like, yeah, but you're not going to keep bunch me back in my head either. True. Facts. And so it is like <laughs> that it's also like part of that messiness is like, am I going to stay in community with my oppressor and do I have the capacity to educate them in a way that makes sense when they're all together and engaging in these conversations? And I don't think that's fair to put onto everybody, <laughs> but good. Yeah, yeah. And so this conversation for me then becomes the question of like pragmatism. Yes. On all levels. And this is like us with white people, queer community with straights. I mean, y'all know my work. I spend all my time in black male educator work, which means if, in order for me to be successful, I have to actually be very palatable to straight black men. They have to respect me when I walk into a room, which means I've got to play it well enough so that like, regardless of whatever they think is the case, they recognize like this man is saying something that I need to yield to. Like that is how I've been able to survive and become a leader in this space because the, the straight people who also run some of this stuff still say like, yeah, Sterling's got it. Like that, that's a navigation I've got to figure out. But if we're 
if we're talking about like how do we get there in any like realistic sense versus the sort of idealistic i feel like sometimes we talk about liberation in this very idyllic like over the hillside there is this wonderful place of sunshine and everybody's free and we've taken down capitalism and we all just like i don't dream of labor ha 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 yes we get it and like that is not anybody's like immediate reality Sadly. In a tangible way right now. But yeah, like sadly. Y'all know I said I do not choose to be around white people if I do not have to be around them, and I'd rather not. However, while I'm here. Pragmatically, I being around white people is going to help you. In some cases. Like, I'm not saying like, that is the way that everybody has to go, but there is a reality that says some things are easier, are more acceptable, are less of a headache navigating them with whatever that oppressive system is. I know. That's because the it worst exists, part. because it has structure, because it has routes. Everything that we're doing is circumnavigating that, is trying to, to, to go around against under past. Yes, and if we're talking about like what gets us there in the meantime, mm-hmm. I think the conversation on a number of levels that leadership has to be having is like, what is the pragmatic approach that says like, we have to do something or do we keep spinning our wheels trying to figure out how to gain the same capital, the same opportunity, the same access, the same resource, the same whatever, knowing full well that they will never let go of those things by nature of being the oppressor? So, so like, what is, what is the way forward? I haven't figured it out fully myself, but I think if we're talking about, like, being reasonable in this moment, like, those are questions that come up for me, and I, I struggle with them quite often. I do, too. But yeah. if I'm calling myself, like, a pragmatic person who's recognizing the realities of now, mm. I'm trying to figure out, like, what is what, what reassures me beyond the sort of, again, idyllic sense of, like, black people have never let me down, that, like, we're going to be okay, period. Is that landing? Like, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in a, a really... No, I think that I'm getting what you're putting down. Yeah, I think it makes sense. That's the world's gonna destroy me for it. <laughs> so you don't think that black people can do it alone? I absolutely do. And if we're gonna get there, we're gonna need some things that gatekeepers still control. Or we're going to need to innovate in a way that is completely like unimaginable at this moment. Sounds- and if that is gonna be the route, and I'm and I'm totally for it, if we're like, mm-hmm. yep, all black, everything all the time, I'm all for it. And then our oppressive, the oppressive portions of our community, i.e. straight black men on down, have got to start making the moves happen. So if we're having that conversation, let's have it. If we're not, let's talk about what the pragmatic approach is, is to continue taking all of these pieces that we know we don't control and figuring out how to leverage them better. Because y'all will still stand Jay-Z for having investments in all these things. Didn't him and somebody buy Robert Kraft a fucking boat or something for Christmas last year or some shit? Like, Meek Mill. So like... Everybody's fave is still problematic in some way. So so what are we really arguing here? You're how I feel. Eat the rich. I don't care. Down with capitalism. <laughs> I mind my business. Just don't touch Beyonce. We're fine. However, I'm... Never that. I don't ever, ever do that. But yeah, it's like, at the end of the day, I'm very much so, y'all know, burn it down. We'll start anew. Because this system's obviously not working. Right, because you're going to have to. that's how I feel about it. Like, you either have to operate in the system, yeah. right? And you have to work with some of those people, like Sterling was saying, or you have to burn it down and yes. completely like start it anew. Ideally, I'll burn everything down. That's really what I just want to do. But as of right now, I also got bills to pay. So sadly, I got to operate in this bum system. Because uh, okay. that's just system. survival. Like, yeah. ideally, I... Operating in the system is survival. Absolutely. Yes. On so I'm many different levels. Thriving. On My so thriving many different levels. My thriving is fighting. 
depending on who's listening to this conversation, like surviving in the system is different for everybody on so many different levels. Absolutely. Because we don't talk about the, the actual privilege. And then a lot of it is the same too. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a there's a privilege in being able to work outside the system to be able to have that freedom and that liberation and all those things that people like put up on Instagram posts about. Like that that takes a level of resource, that takes a level of access and know how that everybody don't get. So if we're if we're trying to to do that and be that place, sure, all for it. What are we actually leveraging? And are the people who are in the the most proximate position to those resources actually doing that part? And in some ways, that's us, cisgendered men. So what are we doing as men for sure? And we know that because the world continues to layer these identities, the the ones of us who are cisgendered and male identifying and straight are going to go that much further. They're the ones who have the attention in some ways that we don't get. They're the ones who get stuff at default. They get the benefit of the doubt in ways that I've got to figure out how to stand up and walk and talk and act and make sure that my voice is deep enough and make sure that I don't limp too much and make sure that I don't laugh too hard at certain things and make sure that I don't laugh at all at some things because otherwise I've now lost my agency. And I'm figuring my way out of some of those spaces, yeah, and trying to figure out what that liberation looks like for me, for sure. And if I want to pay my bills and get paid for the fact that I am brilliant in this Black educator space, I need these other people to continue doing the things that I'm recommending. And that means that I've got to come across as palatable. That means that I've still got and to get my message through and they hear certain messages from certain people. And holding and on to that, others. holding on to some of that agency, though, is what got us in there, is what's keeping us in therapy. Keeping me alive. Y'all in therapy are literally the only things keeping me alive right now. I'm not even gonna lie. Mm. That's just the fact of the matter. And when it comes to these artists, we talked about cancel culture not really being a real thing. At the end of the day, you have to you have to figure out for yourself who do you want to support. And again, that's the reason why the baby would be okay <laughs> because a lot of y'all, the message that he that he gives and the message that he gave at Rolling Loud, a lot of that y'all agree with. And a lot of that ignorance prevails in the community. But we're going to continue to have these type of conversations to hold y'all niggas accountable. So I appreciate Sterling and Keys. Thank y'all both for being here. Again, y'all back at the Hungo Podcast. It was good to see y'all. Tell the people where they can find you on social social media. Yep. Uh, you can find me, Marquise Davon. That's M-A-R-Q-U-I-S-E-D. A-V-O-N. Um, you would normally catch me in the Twitter streets. Um, you can also find my podcast there as well. And, you know, wherever I'm selling me, good morning, niggas and niggas only merch, because that will be coming back within a short amount of time. Yes. Um, yes. But, yeah, so feel free. And then also search up Marquise Devon Productions for YouTube, um, because that is starting to go off as well. Um, so, yeah, just catch me in the Twitter streets if you need to catch me. My links are on all of my bio. YouTube page is popping. Sterling. I'm at 114 subscribers already. I'm going to be out here. Do it. Follow my man, y'all. Um, <laughs> y'all don't need nothing from me. You can Google that. Um, but if you need me, follow me on Instagram at Sterling G. S-T-E-R-L-Y-G. Until next time. <laughs> Thank y'all for being here. I want to thank Sterling and Keith for stopping through. We always have dope conversations about all the happenings in society and culture. So I do plan to bring them on for more episodes. So email the podcast at 
hunguppod at gmail.com with the topics you'd be interested in or with questions that you have that you'd like us to unpack here on the show. I am super excited about next week's episode. I have a special guest, so you don't want to miss that. Be sure to set your notification, follow, and subscribe to the Hunger Podcast at Hunger Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. You don't want to miss it. Lastly, I want you guys to know that I added a donation link to the Instagram page, right in the bio link. If you like what you hear, and if you're able, click the link in the bio and throw the hunger pod a few dollars. Monies will go toward new equipment. That's the short-term goal that I have right now. And I know I can accomplish it, especially with your help. Again, thank you for listening. Stay safe. And I'll see y'all next week. Peace.